In a world where modern dating reduces you to a single profile pic, you might wonder if you've become a type boxed into a category or other similar-looking people, of other similar-looking people. Is it you or your cultural stereotype that people find attractive? Maggie Shui is Chinese, and because of her dating experiences, she started wondering if she's attracting romantic interest simply because she's Asian. In her docu-series, Dating While Asian, she speaks to others about what it's like as Asian women on the dating scene. Director Maggie Shui is with me now. Good evening, Maggie. Kia ora, Susanna. Kia ora. You're dating anyone right now, Maggie? <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's for the the group chat to, to talk about. Maybe not for a national radio. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll leave that there. Let's talk <laughs> about your dating experience. Um, where would you like to start, actually? Like, how much of it do you think has been shaped by the fact that you're Chinese? I know that I've mentioned that in the intro, but. Mm. I'd like you to pick that up there as a starting point, if you might. Yeah, yeah. well, I think through making this series, I actually realized that more than I think is shaped by my culture and my upbringing um, and, yeah, being Chinese um, in ways that I'd, I'd never really considered before. Um, like you, you know, you mentioned the, the fetishization of Asian women has definitely um, played a role in my personal dating experiences um but there are also ways that I feel like my culture has impacted my dating life that maybe isn't so wrapped up in like you know trauma or negative things but can actually be quite joyful um and it was actually the first episode of Dating While Asian that really uh highlighted that for me um that episode follows uh Grace who we join quite shortly after she's just experienced a breakup and she's sort of like, you know, deconstructing what went wrong, what kinds of needs weren't being fulfilled. And she realised that actually a lot of the things that she was seeking in that relationship um, were rooted in her culture, her upbringing, um, how her family raised her. And that's, you know, to value things like uh, sharing love through food and spending a lot of quality domestic time together, being able to rely on this person to, you know, be at home, like when they say they're going to be at home and that kind of thing. Um, and it kind of really made her realize, like, these needs are really important and how could I possibly compromise on them if I know that they're rooted in me being Chinese? And... Yeah, that really made me think about, like, what are my cultural needs in my relationship and what are the needs that I already have and how can I see them in a new light and see them as part of me being Chinese rather than just, you know, like a thing that I think I think I need. Um, yeah, so that was like quite a cool, cool learning for me. So would, would you say that's what led you to document the experiences of you and others? Um. I think a, a big part of it was just a, like a, a curiosity in dating in general because I think it is uh, something that I'd say, especially in your 20s and when you're in your teens, it can just occupy such a huge part of your brain and you, you, know, you talk about it with your friends and you get like anxious and insecure about certain aspects of it. You, there are elements of like, 
seeking validation wrapped up in it as well. So it's like there are all these um, feelings that I think everybody can really relate to, but maybe we don't talk about that openly because we can feel quite vulnerable. Um, but I wanted to, yeah, to delve into those feelings a bit more and to explore people's personal stories. Uh, and then on the other hand also have a really cool platform for Pan-Asian New Zealanders just to share quite nuanced stories about themselves um, in a romantic and sexual context, which I think we don't get to see as much. And when you talk about Pan-Asian, could you elaborate on what that means? I would say Pan-Asian is a term used to really emphasise that when we say Asian, we're including you know, all Asians, not just East Asian, because I think that is typically, at least in the past, the the picture that people have in their minds when you say the word Asian, you picture someone who's like Chinese or Japanese or Korean. Um, but really Asia, you know, you've got Southeast Asia, South Asia, like there's, there's such a variety of Asians in the world. So I think Pan-Asian is a term that's used just to really emphasize that. And how about dating? What's meant by dating? Oh, man. Yeah, it can be anything. It can be like being, I mean, this is kind of how we phrased it in our um, social media call out when we were inviting people to register their interest to be a part of the series is you could be in any kind of situation. You could be in a, you know, monogamous relationship. You could be single and just, you know, curious and kind of looking around. You could be somewhere in between, which, you know, is now called a situationship where, um, you're not officially partners or, you know, um, in a relationship, but you're also spending a lot of time together. A situationship. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. I've written that down. Okay, I'm going to learn a few things. Well, is that what this is about also? Learning? Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. that That's a, a good way to look at it, yeah. I'd like to think that everybody involved in this series learned a little bit about themselves and I think it was cool like while filming and while interviewing each person um, sometimes there were a few moments where people were like oh yeah you know I never really thought about um, this part of my life in that way but now that I think about it now that we're you know having this conversation um, like yeah that that is the case um, yeah for example Victor uh, who's in episode four, he was really cool and really open and shared um, how when he was younger, he really valued dating Pākehā women um, because that was something that, I guess, just like through his upbringing and through how he was socialised, he grew to really idealise and think, you know, this is like the aspirational partner to have as someone who is white. Um, and like through our conversation together, you kind of realized, you know, in a more like, um, defined way that that was the case and that he did think like getting a white partner is something to be almost proud of or to be like, you know, like, oh yeah, like I did that, you know, um, which is quite like a, I don't know, I really admired him for, um, being quite open about that and really being really honest about that because I guess it's not an easy thing to admit um, and yeah it was cool to, to see people 
learning those things about themselves and in turn I also learned from what they were learning. People uh, in the series have been very open with you, haven't they, about personal things in their lives, sex, relationships, sexuality. Um, Do you think that this challenges or supports people understanding things regarding public perceptions about Pan-Asian people? Yeah, I think the more that um, you get to see any person's uh, inner life, um, the more you get to understand them as, you know, a complex human being and the less likely you are, you know, like you said in the introduction, um, the less likely you are to box them into a type or to group um, a group of people together and either idealise them or write them off or fetishise them or whatever um, because you start to see them as, you know, complex individual human beings. Um, Yeah, so it's so cool when anyone's, like, brave enough to step up and share these really really intimate, really personal um, stories about themselves. Because I don't think anybody's obligated to do that. Um, and it's, you know, like, I would never, <laughs> never do that. Like, you know, your first question, am I dating anybody? I like, really, you know, didn't want to answer that at all. Um, but, yeah, when people, you know, are brave enough to share it, I think we all can benefit from it so much. Um, because, yeah, on one hand, people's minds are opened um um, and, you know, you can break down perceptions that they might have had about a particular group of people. And then on the other hand, fellow Asian people can see these stories and if they resonate with it, they can feel quite quite seen, hopefully, and feel like, um, yeah, they're not alone. Did anything surprise you? Hmm. Did anything surprise me? A lot of things surprised me in terms of, like I learned a lot from from each person. Um, the one thing I shared, like with my friends recently, that for some reason I kept to myself for a long time was um, in filming the third episode with Mamuna, where she's uh, talking about her journey with pleasure and learning to really um, understand like her potential for pleasure and learning how to advocate for herself and draw boundaries in, in the bedroom and in relationships um, and how that can extend to all parts of your life, you know, to the workplace, to um, any kind of interaction you have with other people. Um, yeah, she was talking about all these things and talking about, like, the power we have as women and this, like, dark sexual feminine energy that, that we possess and that we kind of need to recognize and learn how to unlock. Um, she was talking about all these things, and then at the end of the filming day, we filmed this sort of, like, lyrical um, scene of her dancing in her backyard, um, and she lives, like, out west. It's, like, surrounded by trees, and it's really beautiful, and it was the end of the day. And I just started crying. <laughs> like, I just started, like, kind of, like, really full-on crying, not even, like, watery eyes, but just, like, tears streaming down my face. Um because I was like, you know, watching her dance really beautifully and then also thinking about all these words that she'd said um, throughout the interview. And I was, like, really moved by it. Um, Yeah, so that was quite a surprising moment for me during filming. Dating While Asian is a docuseries. Who's the audience that you have in mind? First and foremost, it is Asian New Zealanders. Like, you know, if nobody else watches this, but 
Asian New Zealanders, I would be so thrilled still and so happy um, because, yeah, they're the first people I have in mind for this series. I want them to watch this and, like I said, feel seen um, and hopefully learn something like I did through um, through making each of the five episodes. Um, but then also the, the themes within the series, they can resonate with anybody, I think, because while some parts of the series, you know, are talking about how our culture, our identity can filter into our romantic experiences, um, a lot of aspects of the storytelling is also not connected to being Asian. And, you know, for example, Namuna's story, um, it's, it's really wrapped up around her journey with pleasure and we don't actually really talk directly about her being Asian. Um, and, yeah, and those feelings of, like, anxiety, insecurity, seeking validation, loneliness, these are things that I think, you know, pretty much everybody has experienced at some point in their lives. Um, so, yeah, I think anybody who's, who's felt those feelings, basically, could could get something out of this series. And how about you, having directed this docu-series, has it... Has it changed your approach to dating or how you see yourself in relation yeah. to others and in relation to seeking out relationships? Mm, yeah, I for sure definitely have. Um, I think especially that element of seeking validation and um, Naomi Sia, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, she wrote a really lovely essay for the spin-off that just came out today. Um, reflecting on her own experiences dating while Asian and how essentially she doesn't date white men anymore. Um, she was uh, she was quoting, well, she was talking about Eleanor and Victor's episodes in Dating While Asian and how um, the way she phrased it was how for a while they, they were treating dating as an exercise and validation um, and kind of dating with the... The idea of what you think a relationship um, should look like rather than really uncovering what is it you genuinely actually want and desire and, you know, is a good fit for your life. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that struck me quite a lot and made me think about, you know, whether my past dating choices have been shaped by what is actually good for me or whether I'm kind of trying to chase what I think a relationship, an ideal relationship should look like. Um, yeah, and that's something I think I'll carry through with me into into my future dating uh, attempts. I'm curious, and this will be my last question, I'm, I'm curious if, if dating happens in person at all, or is it really something that is set up to via apps and online approaches? I think apps are, like, really, really the norm now. Um, a lot of my friends in, you know, long-term relationships now actually met their partners through their apps. Like, I had a friend who, like, just got married, and they met each other through Bumble. Um, and it just seems like the... the one of the only ways to meet people now, which is, um, yeah, which is fascinating. But that said, like from my personal experience, I feel like all the most um, meaningful relationships that I've ended up having 
have happened to um, have happened outside of the app. But yeah, that said, you know, a lot of a lot of beautiful relationships have come out of the app. So yeah, there's definitely good and bad associated with dating apps. Maggie, it has been very interesting to speak with you. Thank you. It's been insightful. Appreciate your time and oh, yeah, and your honesty. Oh, thank you for having me, Susanna. And yeah. yeah, those were really interesting questions. That was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Good. Okay. Have a lovely evening. You too. Bye for now. That was Maggie Shui, who is or has directed a docu series, Dating While Asian.